It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday, and I only have one show today. So this is, yeah, it's weird. It's weird only having one show in a day. So used to having two, maybe three. Uh, but yeah, so welcome to the Public Access Podcast, the podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. Check out other great shows on the network, such as When the Gloves Come Off, the Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is it with Lizzie and Say by the Ben. And the show is brought to you by Fred Ben Savage as fuck, Stone Reeds Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and SockEmUp.org. And you guys, leave a message here on the show. If you want, I'll play it on air. You can leave a message, or maybe you don't like leaving messages, and you're like, But I do. So leave me messages. And yes, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, let's let's get right to it. Let's bring on special guest right here, right now, right here, right now. We have Dr. Alexandra McDermott. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Not not too shabby today. It's it's Wednesday. I only have one show today, and so it's, it feels kind of weird. It's not, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have an afternoon off, and it's odd. It's very odd, and I don't know don't know what to do with myself, so I'm trying to, to figure that out. That's wonderful. Yeah, it does, doesn't happen too often, so I'm just, yeah, kind of going with it today. But, um, so, let's see. So, before we got started, we started talking about that. We started talking about hypnosis for a second. You said that yes. you were on a plane ride. Uh, yes. And then, so you're on a plane ride. This Is this a commercial jet? It was. Back in the day, it's interesting. It was a TWA. They don't okay. exist anymore, right? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. In a few years, <laughs> yeah. TWA has been around. Well, don't reveal my age, Rusty. But <laughs> right, right. It, it was it was a late edition TWA. Thank uh, you. Event. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm coming up on kind of a big birthday, and it's funny because I was with my cousins recently, and my grandmother um, used to start to count backwards, and so when she passed, we had no clue oh. how old she was. And I I was joking with them, and I said, "When does that start happening? When can I start actually counting backwards?" you know yeah um but yeah so what was the I will, number you came up with uh no so when she passed she was in her 80s but you know we we didn't we really really had no clue um that when she died how old she was you know and so she was masterful so so when you know when we celebrated her birthdays you know we we didn't know and so she started ticking off the years and so i joked with them and i said i'm gonna start doing that but when's when's the decade that you can start doing that you know um and so they're like you can't start now 
you know, you got to wait until maybe your 60s or 70s or something like that. So we were just joking about that recently, you know, but when you say TWA, you know, people can sort of, you know, triangulate. But no, so, you know, when I was in my 20s, um, I actually had a planned meeting with my sisters and my parents to meet them in New York City. We were going to take in a show and things like that. Um, and I remember this like it was yesterday, of course, um, and we stalled out in midair. I mean, the day was perfect, perfect. And I had no fear of flying before then. Um, I went to Wash U in St. Louis and I got a job um, at May Department Stores Company in their retail buying. And so I was flying from there and I just, you know, I had a window seat and we just, our plane went you know, and Whoa. at that point, um, the flight attendants didn't say anything. The captain didn't get on and say anything. We literally lost engines. And so then we started doing these incredible S turns. No one said anything. We had no air conditioning and we started just going down. Right. And so everyone started getting hysterical. Right. And back in the day, too, there were these phones in front of you, like those really. Oh, yeah. They, I don't, again, I don't want to date myself, you know, but, but the those... phones weren't there. They were there up until pretty recently, I feel like. <laughs> Thank you. That long Thank ago. you. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah. So, so I was like, does it work? Should I like swipe the card, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, do I like, who do I call first? You know, it's like one of those moments. It's like, you know, and right. so I'm like, I, I don't know. And so, but we were just plummeting. And so again, no response from anyone. No one got on a PA, nothing. People were hysterical because we were just dropping altitude and everybody in the back was hysterical. And so finally we landed like with much ado and landed way far out. And because I had a window seat, all I could see was a sea and they were green fire trucks. Again, it's just plastered in my mind like a Polaroid picture and stayed on the airplane, no AC, no nothing for an hour and a half. Again, no one said anything. And finally someone got on and they said brilliantly, for those of you who don't know, we lost engines, but you know, you're gonna have to stay on until we figure this out. And then people went ballistic, right? And again, I was in my early 20s at the time and you couldn't rent a car until you were of age. 25. Yeah, exactly. And so, and my, and no cell phones back then, right? No cell phones. And we barely had like word processors, you know? And right. so um, I, I had no way of getting in touch with my folks or my sister or anybody. So I was like, I'm never getting on an airplane again. That's it. I'm done. I'm stuck in the middle of the country. It's over, you know? So I ran as fast as I could to the rental car counter. They could see I was a mess. And I'm like, whatever you do, I threw my credit cards at them. I'm like, I'll give you everything I have. Get me a car. It was Indianapolis. And I said, I don't care what you do. Get me into something. I'll overpay whatever it is. And so they got me into a car and I was able to oh. stop at a gas station. I got in touch with my mother at the hotel who was panicked because the only thing they saw on their end was see a flight attendant or see a gate agent. Yeah. So everybody, I mean, the whole story, right? And so they told her on her end what happened and I was just bananas. And so I made it back to my place in St. Louis and I'm like, I'm never leaving here. It's over. Forget it. 
you know, and she was like, it's okay, we got you. And so the only way I would get on a plane again is my, my Michael Jordan was my favorite at the time, right? <laughs> again, I'm yeah. dating myself. And so they said, listen, courtside seats, we'll get you on a time, you know, we'll get you on a plane we got you, you know, so they flew in, got me on a tiny, you know, Southwest flight, but I cried the whole time. And, you know, it's just, it's never been the same. And so I have never tried hypnosis. So when I saw that you're, you know, that's your expertise, I'm like, maybe that's something to do. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, pretty pretty <laughs> all right it's a pretty i mean it, it works and it's um i mean for something like that because I, yeah i've worked with people who've yeah had all kinds of you know events happen where you know it, it leads to not wanting to do something for a long time and um I mean, it does take going back and revisiting that event, but <laughs> but the, the the point of that is that once you revisit it once, anytime after that, it's going to be way less impactful, and you and it's going to be in the most controlled and relaxed environment that you can is, experience it on. Whereas, it's not going to be someone says, "Hey, do you want to go?" You know fly to China or something. And then all of this stuff just comes kind of flying back. Even you telling the story, it's making it less, um, you know, less impactful than it was just even before you just told that. But, um, but yeah, I just, you, I would take you and have you, yeah, you, bring it back in your mind when you're in this relaxed state, you replay it, and then you just, in a way, replay it over and over in different ways, making it, adding goofy shit to it, um, which is, sounds weird. And it's, it makes a lot more sense when you're, <laughs> when you're hypnotized, but it's like, you know, uh, you know, adding some goofy music or, you know, making it everyone, you know, around you look like, um, I don't know, something like uh, the, everyone around you look like Michael Jordan, um, mm -hmm. something like that. And it just, you do it until all of a sudden it's not a big deal anymore, which sounds weird until you're in the, in the state and it's all of a sudden it, you know, it makes a lot more sense. And yeah, I mean, I've had some, there was, um, I worked with someone who was at home by herself and she ended up choking and almost, oh. almost died. And so after that, she wouldn't, eat any food that was like more than applesauce unless her husband was home with her wow yeah and um got that and then yeah after one session hour hour and a half right back to 
you know, eating, eating steak anytime she wants or whatever it was. And because um, I mean, so for me with hypnosis, I was very much under the impression that hypnosis was like a magic show and someone had to be in on it. And, you know, I just thought it was all, even when I went in the first time to talk with the guy who ended up teaching me hypnosis, that's what I was telling him. I'm like, I'm from the world of entertainment, pro wrestling. Like I believe, I don't know, believe or, you know, 20% of what I hear, uh, maybe 25% of what I see of what goes on in the world. And, and then, yeah, then the first time I hypnotized, I thought, okay, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. This is, this is great. It was one of the, yeah, one of the best feelings I've ever felt. And then, I mean, and just seeing how well it's worked with something such as what I was, the story I was just telling you, um, and, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who've had a bunch of, you know, PTSDs with whether it was some sort of, you know, violence or something like that going on. Um, like, I don't, I don't charge for that. It's the only thing I won't charge for because I've seen how well it works and I can take people in an hour and a half and completely change their lives. Um, and so that's even on my website, that's, you know, that's something that I'll always not charge for no matter how, you know, how, how much money I lose from that. Um, I just, I won't, I won't charge for that one just because I, I believe in the, the, how much of a benefit that can do in that short of a time. And with hypnosis in uh, let we're, if, let's say let's say you go you're talking with uh, like a psychiatrist or whatever i'm i'm all for you know psychiatrist counseling all that but after 600 sessions which is you know you can figure out how long that is over amount of time it is uh 30 36 or 38 percent effective in you know making you you feel better about it whereas hypnosis hour and a half is 96 percent mm -hmm. or no 93 percent I, I got my I always get the three and the six mixed up there 93 percent after yeah an hour and a half and then you're you're done and um so yeah when we're living on adrenaline and always in that fight or flight mode when something like that comes up, you're not able to take in any new ideas and exactly. also make a lot of decisions that aren't always the best. And yeah, just being able to go through an hour and a half and then, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've worked with people, you know, too, who wouldn't go on planes and then, you know, never, and then now, skydiving and flying uh across the pacific and stuff like that and so mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool um i don't know i it's i was i was absolutely horrible in school i don't mm -hmm. know why i went to school um i wish i could have dropped out when i was 
Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. After after ninth grade, <laughs> I wish I would have dropped out of school and got my GED. Um, but I've I mean, had a child tell me that too, and he ended up graduating with honors. So <laughs> okay, well that's that's good. Then yeah. and so it yeah it can be helpful. And so what what's he doing now? It's amazing. You know, he had said that to me in high school, you know, he was going through, you know, some transformations and stuff like that, but, you know, through grit and resilience, honestly, just pure grit and resilience. He went to college, found a college that he really connected to and he's remarkable. He's truly remarkable. He went to college, um, started in the wrong major, to be honest. And I think, you know, yeah, and that's the truth. Um, And nowadays, and you know, I'm in, you know, education, right? Um, And nowadays there are so many things people can do. And there are so many schools and so many opportunities for education, for learning. Um, that there's really, you can just do anything. And so now, um, he graduated with a criminal justice degree, you know, honors, but he's not even doing that. I said, listen, just go get a degree. He's, um, doing incredibly well in sales in the electronics industry. He's married. He has a baby, my first grandbaby. Um, and just, thank you. I love, I say congratulations to you. That's, no, that's nice, I, I don't yeah. know, but I'll, I'll take know. it. Like, well, yeah, okay. She's honestly just remarkable. Um, and there, and as a couple that remarkable, you know, um, so, so really it just, it's amazing to look at where he was and to look at his growth and transformation. And he truly works on himself every single day. Um, but, but again, you know, and I, and I, I have a lot of kids, um, and so just talking to them every day in terms of where they are, where they want to be, you can invent yourself every single day. I do, right. Yeah, I'm not doing do. what I do today, what I did before. And, and there's an opportunity and I may not do in a year what I'm doing today. And I want to do things, you know, I change my mind all the time. You know, I'm, I'm opening up my own publishing company with a business colleague. That wasn't what I was going to do a month ago you know, but I believe in the art of storytelling. I think it's critical. Um, And I have the most wonderful business partner. So you can do anything. Um, And you are what you believe, as you know, right? Right. And it's out there for anyone. Um, So don't get me wrong. When I say drop in out of school, I don't mean drop out of school and go never try to learn anything again. Sure. Especially now, because now, if you want to learn, you can uh, everywhere online for free. Harvard, MIT, mm-hmm. Stanford all have all their courses, all their paperwork, all their lectures, all online for free. And there's there's no reason why you can't do that. And also, uh, I went to YouTube University to learn <laughs> a million different things. Right. If that's more your speed too, and I mean, there's just so many ways to keep learning. And I mean, yeah, I'm at like. I, you don't have to pay 200 grand for a degree is what. Yeah, you I don't, agree. you don't, right. you don't not anymore. And I wish I would have known that. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that because it wasn't a thing back then. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, now is the thing. So now, I mean, I. I don't know. Cause yeah, I want people for sure to keep learning and keep 
you know, bettering yourself and because, yeah, once you're stagnant, I mean, what, what, what's going to go on? You can only go, you can only go down from there. You're not, no one that wants to stay stagnant is going to stay. It's not going to level out. It's just going to kind of slowly go down. So, right. I mean, you got to keep on, keep on learning. And then most any book you want to read, you can also get online Absolutely. for free, whether you want to, you know, check it out at your library, which now is not having to, you don't have to know the Dewey Decimal, Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> right, right. You, you can go and put on anywhere in your county and, you know, get the book sent over to your library and you pick it up and you can, you can read that or yeah, pretty much any books online, any textbooks online. Um, there's no reason not to, mm -hmm. to keep, keep learning something. There's got to be something. And like I said, like I, I was, like I got, I barely got a 2.0 going through middle school, high school and college. And because I knew that was all I needed to graduate and I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't like it, but I mean, I was also, you know, I had my own businesses then. And, um, but then, yeah, then, uh, I get into hypnosis and I'm top of the class. You just That's eventually, yeah, yeah, find something that you, you like. And I mean, I've had, a, I don't know how many jobs I've had, how many jobs I've been fired from. Um, just, I don't know what I did. I didn't have a job I enjoyed going to until maybe, I don't know, four years ago, right before I moved from Oregon. I had a job that I enjoyed going to, and I had it for four, three, four months before mm -hmm. I moved. And um, that was it. That's the only job. And that was when I was 36, something like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, it took me that long to find something I like. And you know, what's interesting, Rusty is, well, and again, you kind of know my background, but when you think about motivation, right? So theoretically, it's defined as active choice, persistence, and mental effort, right? So active right. choice, making the choice to do the thing, persistence, continuing to do the thing, and then the mental effort, right? Continue, right? The desire to do the thing. Yeah. So where people typically fall down is persistence, right? So everybody gets excited about doing the thing, right? It's the persistence, right. that gap, right? And so all of us, and I think from like, I'm probably maybe a slightly older than you, I don't know, but you know, we were kind of pushed in our generation to do something. And so for me growing up, um, it was, you know, I had a desire to be a medical doctor. I'm a different kind of doctor, right? Um, right. But, you know, that was sort of my path. And I remember having a conversation with um, my mom, who is my best friend in the world. She's now passed. But saying to her when I was in college, gosh, I really just love my English literature classes, my writing classes. And she said, what are you going to do? Be a professor, right? And that ended, ended up being what I became, right? But I was on a pre-med path taking the rigorous courses and kind of getting mediocre grades and just not loving it. 
right? The persistence piece was so hard for me, but I stuck with it because of just the kind of external pressure of this is what I should become. Um, this is what I guess my path is, you know, until finally my third year, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I got to declare English literature. That's my path. Right? right. And so I think there was a different sort of generational pressure. I don't know, maybe, maybe not, maybe other people feel differently than me, but the way I've reared my kids is different, um, which is sort of like, Hey, find the thing that you love, persist in it. Right. So all of my kids sort of started college differently. They're like, Hey, we're going to try this. I mean, my, my second kid is at Tuscaloosa, um, my second son. And so he started as a chemi major and he just was unhappy. And so then he switched to um, food and nutrition and he loves it. Right. Um, and he's, you know, yes. also, you know, getting his MBA at the same time, but um, he just loves those classes. They just speak to him. He loves the science behind it. But starting out at chemi, he thought that's what I needed to do right? But he just didn't love it. Um, and now he talks to me about all these different things with like, you can't have those vitamins because they don't digest that way. And he never spoke to me that way with chemi, right? right? So you could tell the difference when someone gets excited about something, you know? And so obviously for you, hypnosis was something that struck a chord. It was something you desired. It's something you wanted to learn more about. And so it's amazing to see this generation of students and learning there's so much more opportunity for them and I think there I mean maybe maybe not but there seems to be more of a desire to push them towards something that they are going to enjoy there's like the gig economy where they can start businesses I think more easily than we could maybe um you differently, know differently differently yeah you no know? yeah um it's, it's interesting. And so there's just so much that they can go towards. And like it's, they, they have it all right here uh, on this, this device thing. And I don't know, you don't, you don't really have to, like, it's, I feel that creativity when I was in school was very much squashed and go go to college you know get you know go go get a uh corporate job mm-hmm. work that until you're 65 and then hopefully you're not dead by then <laughs> and then you can have a little bit of time to go and retire make sure you buy that house too and then so once you're done paying off your college debt maybe by then you can have because then College debt wasn't nearly as what it is now, um, mm. but yeah, it was just follow that path, especially the city I came from. And yeah, I mean, I remember talking to my high school guidance counselor and what he told me, and then what he told me when I, or what he told me when I told him what I wanted to do. And then I, was, I listened to him. For some reason, I listened to a guidance counselor, which was, I don't even know if guidance counselors are still a thing. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what the point of they that were a huge was. thing for us, weren't they? I think they yeah. are kind of a thing. I'm not sure either, though. I yeah, think they call I, them academic advisors. 
oh okay all right that that does sound right okay and so that's what they became they became academic advisors and so yeah i remember i remember him telling me he's like nope don't do that that's a stupid idea and then i was like okay sure he's like go to college and so yeah i i went went down the college path for a minute i was miserable and then i was like okay well i'm done with this and got a job for a little bit and then i ended up doing what he told me was stupid and uh so that was kind of nice it was a nice i guess it was motivation for me to do something but just took me a while to to let that one go and there's a lot to letting go of a lot of things eventually and Mm -hmm. not carrying it around for sure just being able to yeah kind of be like okay well that was something and you know no use I don't know, but I mean, with so much of it, what society maybe is now with a lot of. I love it. Being, I love being, the freedom. I've learned yeah. so much, even from from my kids, their generation. I, I've learned a ton. I, I, I've learned so much. I can't express it. Just the year I had last year from my son and his roommate is just brilliant. Just the things that he says. And I'm like, oh that there's so much freedom in that, you know, and just, I learn from people every single day, you know? And so, um, you know, I, there's just so much freedom. That's all I have to say. And so I'm so grateful. I feel so blessed. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, all I can define it as is just freedom. And so, you know, I, I, I love it. Yeah. The, the part I was talking about was, uh, having some sort of, something happening and to you at some point and then wearing it kind of as uh that's who you are Mm -hmm. you're you're that person and because you can get the 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 sympathy serotonin boost i guess for a short little while whereas it's not improving on yourself and that's that's something i don't really i don't know i'm not not big on that because i don't that doesn't really instill improvement on people and it's just like i mean everyone has a story and Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to just be like okay well i mean because i I hope that these people are more than that. And that that's just that they, that's all they seem to, from my perspective, that's all they seem to see themselves as. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's sad. I wish, I wish that if someone has some, something happen to them, that's like that. Like, I, I don't like, I hope that they can see in themselves that they're more than that, a one event and that, you know, maybe if that event is something that can, you know, turn their life to making, you know, it better for somebody by, you know, making whatever happened less likely to happen again to somebody else. That's great. But I mean, it's so give me an example, Rusty. So give me an example. What are you talking about? So let's say somebody. Hmm. Uh, I mean, so 
Uh, let's say, okay, I mean, like for instance, uh, someone has a really bad experience with the police. Mm-hmm. I've I've had some experiences with police that have been pretty gnarly. And I mean, I could just do a whole, what was me? I'm the guy who the police, you know, thought was a terrorist and got treated like a terrorist 20 years ago. And just like, but I don't know. I don't want that to be that's who I am. That's all I am. Like, I, I hope that someone, cause it's, it sucks. Like that there would, there would be that. I mean, inward thinking is great, but to think that that is all that you become is that sure. one event, like two minutes of your life or however long it is can, you know, make you this. And then just, I don't know. I, I hope that I hope that for the yeah for the next generation that they can see that. I mean, that's something that did happen to them. Yes, mm-hmm. but I I want them to be like, you know, like I'm a good person. I I I, I make um, ceramic cat mugs. Um, right. You know, I I like I like gardening or or something right. like that. It, not just like this is who I am on this, this one event. Um, Does that make sense, I guess? No, it does. And I think it's up to the person to define for themselves what that experience means to them, right? So, you know, taking it from a personal example. So I had a very transformative year last year, but it was a sum of experiences that happened to me. And if people obviously read you know, my chapter and in, in the book from Amazon, you know, um, so, you know, it was a cumulative sum of experiences. So I'm not defined by that experience. And it, it's a, <laughs> a sum of experiences, right? But it depends on what I now do with them, right? right? So you're in control of your own behavior, you can't control others. And then- Right. Right. We both know that. Right. Um, And that's the whole point of hypnosis, I think, too. Right. So your brain is very powerful. Um, And I think that's kind of what we emphasized earlier, too. So in just an hour and a half, you can reprogram. So what you then do with the impact of that experience on you is up to you. Right. Um, So how it lands and then how you use it to serve others so um you know for me i'm now serving others in different ways right exactly which is what i think is the the best outcome of whatever you know i I don't want to no spoilers in the the (laughs) chapter of the book i guess but i mean that's the best thing that could happen out of that situation you're taking a situation and now you're able to educate others and, you know, be able to give them your experience mm-hmm. and, you know, even helping one person is all you really need to do. That's right. right. I mean, exactly. anyone else is a bonus, but one person you're, you're good. You're right. good. That's, that's all it takes. And I mean, yeah, there, there's not, 
yeah, that's not, it's not all you are. And, but you're there to, to help someone out. You're there to tell your story, to be able to do that. And that's part of your story. Right. And, and yeah. that's, and that's really, you know, the reason I told it because I was showing up as two different people and that bothered me. I mean, I was a leadership professor, economics org change, you know, for USC for a really long time. And, and my students were my lifeline. You know, I had so much joy showing up for them all the time. And I realized that I was saying one thing to them and, and really coaching them afterwards on that thing. And so I thought, you know what, that's not fair to them. So I need to really come out and tell the world, you know, this is what was happening to me when I was, you know, going through all this stuff, because if it could help one person cut her trauma shorter, you know, make things better for her, then again, I will have done my job. So that's why I was so raw and vulnerable in the book. Um, And I provided coping skills and I've got other things going on in that regard as well. But um, that was my message. And I'll be also publishing other things, um, including my full length book. Um, It's free to just be will come out at the end of this year as well. Um, Excellent. But, um, but yeah, the point is, you know, you can't show up one way and be another way. Like I believe hundred percent in authenticity. So, um, that's the point of the book, um, was to say, look, you know, here it is, here's what was going on. And so it was, it received a really great response, you know, from people saying, holy cow, had no idea. And I said, I know, right. And here you go. So, um, you know, and that's why the publishing company now, right, is to give people an opportunity to tell their story, because I believe in the power of storytelling as well, because again, if it lands on one person, then it's worthwhile, right? It's not only worthwhile for the storyteller, but the masses, right? Um, Again, there is a huge power in storytelling. And then then, podcasts, like what you're doing, that's exactly what you're doing here, right? Right. Yeah. And then if one person gets, you know, benefit from it, that person is going to change their existence. Mm -hmm. And while, let's say, just for instance, one person, only one person gets really breakthrough um i assume the numbers aren't going to be one but for example one but that person that breaks through everyone around them is going to have a different experience with this person now this person's not going to have the same whatever you know um trauma i guess was the word Mm -hmm. that they had before and so the people are their peers their uh family their friends everyone is going to have you know a kind of a better experience with this person and then that's going to you know pan out to other people and just and one thing and i mean and so it's another thing with um any sort of trauma Uh, so i thought that it up until a few weeks ago and i from what I had experienced and kind of learned that it goes 
gets passed down about two generations um, genetically. Uh, but I found out I was wrong about that. And it gets stored in your RNA and it's passed down somewhere around 25 generations down. And it can be something that can be fixed again, like, you know, hour and a half or, you know, maybe, maybe a few days or whatever it is and um, change your whole lineage for, you know, 20, 25 generations. I don't know how many years that is. That's probably like five, 600 years, maybe. I don't know, somewhere in there. And just from, you know, as little as an hour and a half. So I think that's so important for you to back up and tell your listeners a little bit more about that. So if you can, because, and expand on that, because people may not have heard what you were talking about and understand it fully. So can you explain to them what you mean by that? Because it's so important. Sure. Um, so when I, when I was seeing that, like, so if let's say somebody, uh, I don't know, whatever, 15, 1600s gets bit by a spider and their four-year-old daughter sees it and sees, sees their parent get bitten by a spider and then they, you know, the person dies from a spider bite. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, your memory is like, your, your brain's always listening. It's just like, that's, that's the crazy part. Like, it's always there. You might, it might not come into your uh, conscious mind, but it's in there. So, and people just don't know. And then you wonder why, you know, this daughter's scared. Why? And then why? Then the kids pick up on that. But I thought it was like them more picking up, um, you know, visually and sort of energy wise around them. But it's actually being stored in their RNA and being passed down. And then that's, you know, and then that they don't know. And then their their kid, this uh, like the, so the original person's grandkid is afraid of spiders and they have no clue why they're afraid of spiders. And then even, you know, 25 generations down they're afraid of spiders and they have no clue why they're afraid of spiders and it's just something that's in them it's not their fault they didn't have any bad experience with the spider but this event this one event gets passed down that much and it's just just being able to release that and just and i mean maybe you know maybe someone witnesses a murder or something and then you know there's they're scared of a certain look of a person or, you know, a certain whatever it may be, or even people. Um, I mean, just that, like, being able to let that go and not having that, especially when you have no clue why you're untrusting of the people around you. Um, it's just, it's so transformative for more than just the person who's experiencing right then or the person who initially experienced it. And the, and so many people experience anxiety. They don't know why. Right. And that's the power of the human mind. So 
And what you're talking about is so critical, right? What you just said is so remarkable. And what you said earlier, even about, right, hypnosis, are you saying rusty? And I don't mean to depose you, right? Um, are, are you saying that this can be fixed through hypnosis? That what can be fixed? Like, so this, you know, 25, let's say generational trauma. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Love it. Yeah. 2,500 years. You're changing your lineage for 500 years. <laughs> and maybe it might be more. It might be more. Um, but just, and it's, and it's that learning about yourself. It's again that, you know, I, I think there's so much um, knowledge about yourself, learning about your strengths, your weaknesses, learning how to better yourself, learning why you do the things you do, mm-hmm. the more you can know about it. The power, more powerful everything is going to be, and that though exponentially your life is going to get better. And it's it can be yeah, it can be frightening, but and then yeah, and also yeah, I mean with the with the spider, back to the spider. If someone then one of these uh, offspring ends up seeing a spider, then they're adrenaline starts kicking in and then yeah you're in that that fight or flight mode and i mean with, with a, some people i mean they've been in constant fight or flight mode 24 7 for years and like i said you can't take in any new information and any decisions you make are gonna be i don't know what the percentage is but not nearly as good as where they be if you're, you know, not in that adrenaline fueled mode. Um, exactly. Just- and what we know too, exactly what you're saying is, is the hormone cortisol, right? We know that when you have excessive amounts of cortisol, you can't learn, right? And right. that's exactly what you're saying. So a little bit of stress. Okay right? It's actually a motivator. Um, Chronic stress, horrible, right? It hurts you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually across the board. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's exactly what happened to me last year, right? My transformative year, I was under immense amounts of chronic stress for years. Um, But again, a little bit of stress actually is okay. So people really need to be able to distinguish between them, but the fight or flight constant state, terrible for you. And people need to be able to understand that difference. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And then if someone else is around you and they need some sort of support, it's, you know, you can try, but it's not going to be, you know, nearly as good as it, it could be. And so um, I, I don't know if, if this is getting too into your book, Go for um, it. but so, I mean, and this, it's a question like I tried on this show to go for because you know a lot of people who have stories mm-hmm. have a pretty set out set of 
what their story is. And, you know, like when people ask me, I can just say, I refer to this podcast because I'll, I'll probably say the same stuff. And, um, but this is a question that I'm, I'm generally, generally curious about. Sure. Um, I mean, what was it the, the moment that you got to your breaking point? And I'm sure that's the, the question <laughs> that you're going to get in all of them, but it's, it's one that I'm, I'm curious about. And I mean, what was it that, or was there stuff where it's like starting to be like, well, maybe I should. And then there was that one moment where it's, that's it. I'm done. Fascinating question. And so I think I was looking for a reason to leave. And I know let's leave my, so, okay. So let me explain. So, so the chapter that I wrote um, and if, can I name the book? Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So I don't, I don't know what, you know, so it, so I wrote a chapter in a collaborative book called fearless female leaders. And so my chapter was called, um, reframing despair, going from stuck to unstoppable. And so it launched on Amazon on May 31st um, of this year. And so the date that my, um, I hope it's soon. Uh, my soon-to-be ex-husband and I separated was February 10th of this past year. Um, and so we had been together for almost 25 years. And that's a really long time. So um, I think I was looking for a reason to leave for quite a while. Um, and I think the way I can best describe it is like the Grand Canyon. It's a slow drip right? I wasn't seeing any more sort of the um, damage that was being done. Um, I'm very, very, very close to my 18-year-old daughter. And so she would be the one to point out things that were happening. Like I would say something, yeah, so I would say something and he would say, you never told me that. And then she'd pull me aside and go, I was sitting right there when you said that. And so then different things were happening and she, and she literally one day pulled me aside and said, if things don't change, I'm packing your stuff up for you and you're out. And she's like now formidable. I like owe everything to her. She and I are, she she and I are best friends. And so it took someone from the outside to say, get it together. And because I was so knee deep in it, um, but I have certain boundaries. And one of those boundaries was crossed on February 10th when I found out he was having an affair, like a very long one. And so that was all I needed. I'm like, I'm out. I'm absolutely yeah. out. And and like like you were saying earlier, the, the cortisol was, you know, pumping through your veins there. And uh, I mean, yeah, you weren't able to take in that new information and so having your daughter there she's able to see it from a completely different perspective and I mean I I can only assume I mean how much of that is going on and there a lot of people aren't as lucky as you to have Mm -hmm. someone like your daughter being there to experience that um there were there, Rusty, there were a lot of things happening. You know, I had a chronic undiagnosed medical condition 
the summer before I was diagnosed with two masses for which I had to go to MD Anderson, you know, and so there's a lot of things that I lay out in the chapter. So there were constant distractions for which he was unavailable, you know, so a lot of things that were happening. I have six kids, so a lot of crises with them. So there were times and it's hard to express to people where I literally couldn't use my hands or my feet. Um, I was experiencing memory loss. I was stuttering. I would ask my twin girls when they just got out of the shower, you need to take a shower. Things were happening to me that I can't express. I was, I was being evaluated for MS, like, and I would still, and again, so when I was explaining it to you, the most joy I had was showing up for my students. That's the truth. And so when I was trying to juggle all these things, juggling a literally a marriage that was ending after 25 years I, I didn't know what like I, and I can't say that I wanted to no expletives on your show right I, uh, I it's you can say whatever you want on this show this is uh it's it's free form as, as it gets um and I wouldn't have it any other way my favorite oh. line, and I was thinking about this this morning, I'm like, Gwyneth Paltrow came up with the best line in the world when she said, "We're what did she say? We're consciously uncoupling. I'm like, who, who comes up with that beautiful marketing phrase? Like, I need to get with her, you know? Right? Um, <laughs> right? Like, that's pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't want to mess up her you with my story. <clears throat> but anyway, so... Um, yeah, so just so many things were happening. It was just this constant barrage of crises. And so I'm like, when I would put down a crisis, another would show up and then put down another one, another would show up. And I'm like, wow, you know? And so finally, when I got it together and I'm like, I can do this, you know? And then I'm a researcher. So I'm like, what works, what works, what's what, you know what I mean? And so finally, when I'm able to show up, I'm like, I can help other people. I got this. You know what I mean? And so that's what I've now dedicated my life to because I got this, you know, and I know how it works, but I can honestly tell people the divorce process is not a picnic. And I want to make sure that they're prepared for that piece too. Um, because again, separation is one thing, divorce is another. And so there's a whole process and a whole unraveling that needs to, that people need to be prepared for. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, hopefully they can, <laughs> yeah, get. You're like, that you know, was a lot. <laughs> well, no, I mean, hopefully they can get something from, from what you're saying then and be able to take that if, if that ends up, you know, um, happening to someone's life, you know, they're getting to, sure. or it's happening at that moment. And they, you know, but I don't know. I think that's a good thing when, you know, something's happening like that and people turn to reading. And then, I don't know. I don't know if that's such a, a common trait for people, though, that I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that's a, it's a, a bit of an escape. But at the same time, it is informative and um, educational and oh you know there's, there's always again you, we said earlier you know there's always something that can be learned and uh, everyone can always you know find ways to improve improve themselves improve their situation and and it, i mean it sounds like you did it and so and you know showing people how to do it now and so 
uh, where can people find you and contact you and where can they get your book and when can they be on the waiting list for your new book or your new publishing company or hear you talk or anything like that? Great questions. So Amazon's the best place to find the current book. So Fearless Female Leaders. And so it's available on Kindle, paperback. Um, McDermottLeadership.com is the name of my company. Um, and anytime someone wants to talk to me, you know, the first session with me is complimentary always. Um, if I, you know, can find a way to help them and it makes sense, I don't accept, this sounds odd, but I don't accept all the clients because I really believe there needs to be a fit. Um, and so if I'm not a fit for them, I will send them whatever resources I possibly can. Um, because again, as you know, just like I do, there has to be that connection. Right. So that's <laughs> Uh, side note here. I'm sorry I'd interrupt you. Uh, you, you like with, with hypnosis, like if, if I'm not a fit, don't don't give up on hypnosis. Uh, find someone else. There's a lot of other people who do what I do. Um, and I like with, with that, with you know, if someone's not clicking, I don't want them to have a bad experience about something that can really benefit them because they don't like me. There's, there's a lot of people who don't like me. There's a lot of people who do like me, but uh, find someone that, that's going to work with you. And, and I mean, yeah, if, if they don't, I, and then, but I trust people a lot more if they say, if you don't, if we don't match, then mm -hmm. go find somebody else as to, if you don't match with us, we're going to find a way to make it work. Like, I don't, I'm usually a little weary of, of that. Um, weary, weary. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so go back to what you're saying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, interrupt. No, I no. to get that apart across. I love that. And so if they want to connect with me, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. And so that I connect with everybody. So Dr. Alexandra McDermott, and then directly is Alexandra at McDermottLeadership.com. Um, Pen Crown Publishing is the name of my new publishing company. That's not out there in the universe yet, but it will be. Um, so once that gets launched, I'll announce it, of course, on LinkedIn and things like that. Um, but that will be launched soon. Um, because again, it's something that um, is new with a business partner, um, but it's it's something that we're doing because we believe just like you do in the power of storytelling. So, um, and then in terms of future appearances and things like that, lots going on, um, and and I'll announce those things when um, they happen. On probably my my main social is LinkedIn, to be honest with you. So yeah. that's where things will be announced. Okay. Cool. Um, great. Yeah, I will uh, yeah, make sure everyone has that in the, the show notes as well, so I can easily get to it. And Thank yeah, you. thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Coming on, sharing your story and getting to talk. I don't know where we're going to get to. Uh, I never do. And, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah it, it was it so much it, fun. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Yeah, it was fun for me, too. And um, yeah, it makes it I don't know. I, I It's always a surprise. So it's, it's nice being <laughs> able to just get to where we get to and um i don't know i've never had one show where i've written down one question I because i i would it would sound so horrible it would be um chris farley used to do a sketch on snl where he would interview people and and i feel it would be a lot like that and 
it just would sound so insincere and and odd and so like i like just being able to just go and see where it goes and um yeah and I, i'm happy you, you went along with it so i, love uh, I it. hope you yeah thank you uh, i hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, yeah stay in touch all right sounds great thank you so much right. you're welcome okay all right that's dr alexander mcdermott so you guys check her out get on where she said to get on and find her and i'll put those in the show links so you can check them out everybody again thank you so much for all their watches um rolexes are nice i like them when you send them to me um no your your views your listen subscribes downloads all that stuff the numbers are getting huge and kind of fucking crazy um with a couple of the shows so um Thank you again. Thank you, everyone. I, I, I enjoy doing this, and I really like having people being able to come out and have their story out, if it's their story or whether it's it's me shooting the shit with somebody, which, I mean, is kind of what the story is, too. But I just want, I want people to be able to hear this, and I want... I want people to have a voice who, who need a voice and a, a, a platform like everyone, like I said, everyone has their setup for a what they say on a podcast every time or whatever, and they'll tell the same story over and over. And I've listened to podcasts where they have the people, and I follow them around. It's like listening to them, will tell the same story over and over and over. So that's why I, I, I have like one or two maybe, and I just uh, like I'll refer people to that. If you want to hear about me? Nothing's changed. Nothing's going to change on what I say um, unless it's someone who has a very interesting method of doing their show then i will but for the most part now my story is it's ever changing but it's still kind of the same so thank you everyone here for listening on the quantum global broadcast network qtbn and uh, again i'm your host rusty diamond and check out other shows on the network such as when the gloves come off the thinking man's pro wrestling podcast this is it with lizzie and say by the band the show is brought to you by fred ben savage as fuck Stoner Reads Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and SockEmUp.org. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right? <laughs>